Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Flora. When you think of Snapchat filters, you might think of dog ears and rainbow tongues. But Snapchat has gotten a lot more sophisticated with its AR filters these days, especially in beauty. They've gotten a bunch of beauty brands to do campaigns with their AR makeup try-on technology and connected to e-commerce. To talk all things beauty and Snapchat, this week's guest is Rajni Jack, Snapchat's global head of fashion and beauty. She joined Snapchat in April 2021 after a career in magazines. She was previously the fashion director at Allure. In this conversation, we talked about making the switch from editorial to tech and covered all things beauty on Snapchat, including AR lenses, influencers, shopping, AI, Gen Z social media habits, and more. Here's the interview. Rashi, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Super excited for this one. Super excited to talk to you. Let's start with your career path. Before Snapchat, you were in editorial. You were the fashion director at Allure. What motivated you to make the move to tech? Oh, man, I I get this question so much. And I feel like it's one of those things like every single time and the further, further I am within Snap, it sort of changes. But, you know, to begin with, as you said, I started in traditional publishing, Um, And there was a time when I was there, there was a shift and the shift was essentially to invest more in digital. Um, You know, it it was the time where a lot of platforms are kind of coming up and just having this brick and mortar magazine wasn't the end all be all anymore. You know, magazines weren't king. So um, it was a great time for me because, you know, I was able to get more responsibilities on my plate. You know, I was doing the actual magazine. I was really dedicated to also doing um, stories for the digital side. And then it opened up to kind of like branded content plays, um, anything that was experiential, anything that was about telling the story of whichever brand I was at or whichever magazine I was at in a 360 way. So I was doing that for quite some time, as he says, fashion director um, and a fashion creative direction of magazines such as Vibe, Nylon, Teen Vogue, and then Allure. And there was just, I knew that I wanted something more and I knew that I wanted a change. Um, And I knew as I was looking at things, tech was kind of where it was at. You know, it was the place where I could expand and use everything I learned in my editorial world within the tech space. And I also just wanted to learn how fashion and beauty could be more creative and flourish within that tech space. Because for me, there was no ceiling in tech. You could kind of do not whatever you wanted, but there was more, it was more open to expand to experiment, to do fun things. And so exiting uh, editorial was one of those things where I just knew it was right for me at that time. And I wanted to be creative in another medium. And Snap came along and I said, okay, cool. I saw and I loved what they were doing, especially when it came to AR um, and just how, you know, AR was able to kind of take you outside of where you were, but in a way where it, you're not leaving, you're not, you're not leaving per se, but you're just enhancing where you are. And for me, I was like, that's what fashion does for me. You know, that's what storytelling does for me. It creates a different picture. And for me, AR was a way to create that picture. So it just felt really, really right. The synergy was right to just take the leap and come over to Snap. Yeah, and you've seen such an evolution over the years. Were influencers and social media a thing when you first got started in editorial? 
Not when I first got started. You know, influencers were essentially kind of your upper echelon. I would say um, they were either editors or they were, you know, people about town. (laughs) But I think, you know, maybe five years into being in magazines, you could start, you could see that, okay, there were these, you know, people that were on the street. There were these content creators, these influencers, you know, from streetwear. You could see that kind of growing. And then I think it just flipped. And with the advent of social media from like the very beginnings of your like MySpaces, you felt that momentum turning. You felt that like, okay, people are now more on their computers and more on their phone. And they just want to see, you know, what's happening in the context of a world, not getting fed um, material or content through one medium anymore. So you could you could start seeing that. And then, honestly, as I was an editor, editors were themselves becoming influencers and creators because there was more visibility. And that's the thing, you know, um, tech social media was able to give people more visibility. So people then themselves started becoming their own brand. And that really opened the floodgates to a lot of things. And then obviously, you know, you had your blogs and there are some old school blogs. You had your tumblers. All of those things really opened up. So then creators really started to kind of be the editors and the influencers in a way. When it comes to influence in beauty and fashion and who's driving the trends and what's influencing what people buy, how have you seen the power shift when it comes to social platforms versus traditional magazines? Well, going back to my point, social platforms democratize in a way, you know, being able to participate in fashion, being able to participate in in beauty, essentially. So, you know, who is king? It depends on what circle you're in, but what social media has done is allowed people to create their own platform, has allowed people to kind of like surpass kind of, oh, you have to be part of that 1% to be seen, to do, to to get your own brand, you know what I mean? Or become your own brand. And that's the beauty of it, like democratizing fashion in a way where I can become my own brand. I can say like, hey, I have a community of people that look to me for things is something that I I think is really, really a a plus and a pro about social media. How does that change what becomes popular, especially in beauty? Oh, it changes a lot because you don't have to just be in one lane. I also just feel like when it comes to trends and how, how things change in beauty, it's very cyclical. You know, the streets, things are happening in the streets. Things are happening in New York, L.A., um, Dubai, and all these different places. And so you have your own kind of like beauty or fashion community within there. And those people then broadcast it out via social media. So then someone that's in Missouri can see what someone's doing in Paris or see what someone's doing in India. And that is kind of, you know, what drives a trend, essentially. And that's what drives social media and just apps being so prominent and big on really, really creating and cultivating a storyline. So what does your role encompass at Snapchat? Do you want to just give the audience an overview? (laughs) I love this question. Yes. Um, So I, I think in short, what I would say is, you know, my goal is to kind of foster, facilitate, even accelerate relationship efforts with fashion and beauty focused brands, when it comes to creators and publishers, industry personalities, and even editorial content. And so 
For me, I'm working to kind of drive adoption and a deeper understanding of Snapchat for those brands and those creators and really unlock potential um, when it comes to kind of like educating those creators, educating those brands on how Snap can build their business and what Snap can do for their brand. And so my remit is, yes, global head of fashion and beauty partnerships, but that touches AR, that touches Bitmoji, that touches digital goods within the Bitmoji world, and then obviously that touches creators. And then how much did you use Snapchat on your own before joining Snapchat? So, I mean, I was a huge Snapchatter, probably I would say between 2016, 2017, 2018. Um, Definitely when, you know, Snap had a hold on stories and no other platform had stories. Because to me, you know, for instance, like in Instagram, it was kind of the pretty picture of everything. It was the 1% of your life. But what I loved about Snap and Stories was I could really be authentic and tell the story of me and my everyday, what I'm eating, um, who I saw, something funny I saw on the street. So it was kind of like the meme world, but the fun world of social. And again, it, 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 was, it was more driven by community because it you had subscribers and you had your friends. It wasn't necessarily everyone seeing that. So I was a huge Snapchatter then. And then we know that got taken from um, Snap. But essentially, I kind of weaned off of Snap a bit. But then again, I was weaning off of a lot of social during that time. And then when I was making the move to Snap, I obviously was like, okay, I need to you know dig deep. I need to delve back into it and learn it. And the surprising thing was the snap of yesterday, the one that I kind of like started, you know, building my friendships on, was so different to what it is today. And when I say different, there are still some same capabilities and there's some, there obviously are still some same things, but it definitely, you know, it definitely evolved from what I, from what I had known. And so now, since I've been here for almost two and a half years, I am very, very in it. (laughs) And as you mentioned, Snapchat has many different features these days. There's stories, there's videos, series, lenses. What are you seeing for beauty content these days? Where is beauty living? What are the trends there? I mean, beauty is living in a couple of different ways. I think, you know, beauty really, really lives well with augmented reality because you get to try things on. So I would say taking a step back, you know, um, AR, augmented reality, definitely has evolved Snapchat. So from when I was saying like it was entertainment driven, you know, the throw up rainbow and it definitely went into self-expression. And now it's more of a utility where the consumer and the business can use AR to kind of still have fun, but also kind of push their brand. So I think beauty lives not only there, but it also lives in, you know, content creators, you know, creating content where they're showing people how to create a look. So those content creators create stories where people are so intrigued by. So beauty lives there. It lives in a variety of places, obviously, with ads as well within the app. So I think beauty and fashion definitely have a lot of different touch points on the app. And then in terms of who's on the platform these days, is it still mostly Gen Z? Yes. I mean, Gen Z loves Snap, um, but you still have your millennials are on there too. And then obviously the generation that's coming after Gen Z, which is the alpha generation, is kind of like the new generation that's coming on. But Gen Z, we definitely have a, have a hold on them and they have a hold on us too. That's so interesting. We've started to hear brands start to talk about Gen Alpha. What are you seeing with that? 
<laughs> I mean, Gen Alpha is new. Don't get me wrong. You know, like my son, who is was born in 2016, is a Gen Alpha. So, so they're the younger generation that loves to use the app for, you know, all the different lenses that we have. But Gen Z is kind of like where we really, really have a hold. Like, for instance, um, you know, over Snapchat reaches over, I think, 90%. And don't quote me on this, but um, 90% of 13 to 24-year-olds. Um, and then 75% of 13 to 34-year-olds in over 20, 20 or so countries. So there is a big chunk there. I think the alpha generation, that's a new generation that's coming up that, you know, we obviously are still kind of like, you know, seeing how that grows. But yes, they are the, they are the next to kind of conquer the digital world. And then being such a Gen Z focused app, does that affect the way people consume beauty content on the app in any way? Is there anything unique and Gen Z about the way people are consuming beauty? Of course. I think, you know, Gen Z loves exploring beauty and they honestly kind of like explore beauty by their friends and their public community. And they love kind of showcasing the beauty there. It's authentic in the way that they they play with beauty. So I would definitely say that, you know, beauty, the beauty of Gen Z on Snapchat is that it's about creating content. Um, these creators are in their bedroom and they want you to kind of get ready with them. This is like a community that is very much lives in the public eye. And so them being super, super authentic obviously intrigues the community. So the community gets their style news, their social media news, everything for the most part, you know, on apps. And for Snapchat, you know, what we say is they're looking at these creators for the trends and how they implement the, how they implement those trends and kind of like their everyday lives. And so it is truly, truly about the authenticity in how Gen Z and beauty play on Snapchat. And Snapchat has a lot of coordination with creators. You have the Creator Fund. Did you want to talk about the types of creator beauty content that you see on the platform and any examples of specific influencers that are really focused on beauty content? When it comes to beauty on Snap, we do have, you know, two types of creators. We have your creators that are very much into beauty. You know, they're doing their get ready with me. They want you to be part of their get ready with me from the Alyssa McKay's to Leilani Green's. And then you have your AR creators like a Paige Piskin who is brilliant in the way that she creates lenses. So she's created lenses for beauty from like whimsical lenses, cat eye lenses, all these different things. And we actually worked with her again on a lens with another beauty brand. And so in those ways, like there's so much beauty on Snap and there's so many ways to kind of like really delve into kind of the beauty and the content through those different types of creators. Alyssa McKay's really gone all in on Snapchat, right? <laughs> she has gone in on Snapchat. And the thing is with Alyssa McKay, she's beauty, but she's also lifestyle as well. And we do have other creators that are very, very beauty, beauty heavy. Like I had mentioned, Leilani Green is one of them that just loves showcasing different ways to, you know, utilize a blush for your eyelid or vice versa. And I think that's what our community loves. They kind of love that like DIY feel and feeling like they're part of the story with those creators. So let's talk about the lenses. How are brands using the lenses these days? I mean, I think brands really think of Snap and say like, okay, this is a place where our community can really engage with our brand. So 
going back to AR, like AR has super, has, has really evolved. And so I always push that, you know, on Snap. It's one of the only platforms where the consumer or the community can really play or engage with the brand. And that allows people to try on, to play with it, to send it to their friends, to see like, hey, do you think I look good in this? Not to mention it's personal um, and obviously interactive. And it does create a world of wonder. And I think brands see that. And so it makes it, it makes that especially impactful because for them, it's personalized, as I mentioned, but also the, the customer gets to experience their products. And so taking a step back, it's just in a way more impactful than a lot of different advertising methods that are out there because, again, you're getting to engage with the brand. And so I think like when it comes to lenses, you have that. But then, you know, taking a step back again, like there's AR shopping, um, which is kind of like the bigger picture of everything. And that's what Snapchat has to offer the community. I mean, the ability to sit and try on, you know, different types of makeup, lipstick, an eyeliner, even going to fashion like sneakers, sunglasses, you name it, has truly for me, and I think for a lot of people that are very into AR and love using AR, has truly changed. It's a digital transformation in a way. So I think brands see that, they love that. And, you know, because Snap does feature the full spectrum of different types of fashion and, and beauty products, for them, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, for AR try-on for beauty, obviously we've seen the tech evolve so much in the past few years. Where is beauty at on Snapchat? What products can you do AR try-on with right now? I mean, right now it runs the gamut. You can do, like I said, eyeliner, you could do lashes, you could do blush, you could do lipstick. You know, we just did um, uh, a partnership with OPI, so you can do nails. And even, you know, when it comes to skincare, there is like really fun lenses that showcase like what you can do with skincare. And even just there's education behind it too. So maybe with skincare, you're not like trying it on, but there's educational lenses that like show you how to, how to, how to use this product. So again, there's just so many ways that brands could tap into AR. What was the recent Supergroup collab you had? Oh, the Supergroup one was super, super cute, actually. And so um, when we partnered with Supergroup, it was for their SPF lip shade. And so we built a lens in where Snapchatters, you know, had a different, had a myriad of vignettes. So I think one of them was like a farmer's market. There was another one that was a music festival or a vacation in Europe where they got to try on the product. But at the same time, the environment changed. And what I love about that is honestly putting on my editorial hat on with this one is you were able to kind of tell the story in a prominent way, but you're also trying on the product. So it wasn't the product being like front and center in a way like try, try, try. It was it was a fun experience that included the product in it. Have you done any with skincare? Yeah, I mean, we've done skincare. We've done um, CeraVe, which is a skincare brand. And then we also do stuff with like, Ulta Beauty, um, Charlotte Tilbury, uh, Elf Cosmetics. But I think for the most part, CeraVe was the last skincare brand that I did. But I can get back to you to see which other ones that we worked on. How did the AR filter show up for skincare? Like, do they do something with the skin with the AR filter? How do skincare brands use them? No, it's not like, again, like I think with AR, we're not trying to change anything. It's just enhancing. And so, again, those lenses are for the most part more fun, you know, like Sudsy and like 
again, educational, like, you know, if you use this, this can cut down X, Y, and Z, or, you know, whatever the brand's like main thing is. It's it's less about, because skincare is very, very hard to kind of like depict honestly, um, where there's no like pigmentation of it. So it's definitely more about like the education behind the brand and creating fun lenses where people just want to try and just be fun and whimsical and and have something exciting to try on. Do you advise the brands on the types of formats they can use or do you work with outside agencies? How does a campaign come about? I mean, a campaign comes about very organically. I think, you know, the brand comes to us and says, hey, we would love to do something. And so sometimes I'm pulled in because I'm on the the organic side and then they'll work with the associates in the sales. So it honestly is one of those things where we all, all kind of work together and come up with a plan to one, like, okay, well, when is the launch date? When is when is this going to fly? And then from there, I'll kind of help to amplify. So what creators can we bring in to really amplify this lens? What can we do here? Is there a, a launch that you guys are doing in your brick and mortar that we can, again, amplify through there? So I think it's, it's one of those things where there's no like clear cut way, honestly, to create a campaign. It literally is like, this is what we have. It also depends on... How long you have to do it? <laughs> is it, do you have a long runway? Do you have a short runway? And all those factors come into how those things are executed. Have you followed the general discourse on beauty filters overall on social media these days where you'll have influencers that'll have a video about a product and then people say, oh, you're using a filter or something like that and talk about like influencers saying, oh, I promise I don't use filters. What? Where does Snapchat kind of fit into that whole conversation? Yeah, I mean, that's part of kind of like the context and the discourse, as you said, right now. And I do think it's something that we have to speak about. Again, when I'm sitting in my seat here and thinking about all the things that we're doing in beauty and Snapchat, it's it's not about changing the way that you look. That is not who we are. That is not where we want to be, especially when it comes to brands that we work with. It's all about enhancing kind of your, enhancing your reality. But when it comes to kind of like changing someone's face, we're, that is not what we're about. But we do know people love that. And we do give a, an array of lenses for the most part, from whimsical lenses to like kind of like out there lenses where you change into a full other person or like the crying lens where your face really contorts into something else. So for us, it's about having fun with the lenses and not changing your beauty aesthetic at all. And then in terms of the development of the AR try-on tech, how much is the tech team focusing on beauty products specifically? And is it all about creating something the most realistic? So when it comes to AR try-on and beauty, it's always a work in progress. Tech moves fast. We're always really, really into kind of like perfecting what we do. Um, and same thing when it comes to any lens, whether it's fashion or beauty. Um, for instance, like with the OPI lens, we really, really wanted to make it realistic that you are wearing those those colors on your hands. So Paige Piskin, who was the AR creator on those lenses, like it was so realistic um, on, on the on your hands and you have to try it on because once you try it on, you can see, you can flick your hand and that nail color was, not only was the texture there, but it was the nail segmentation is what was used to actually make that super, super realistic. And so 
it is a work in progress. We are dedicated to always advancing no matter what. And that'll always be be what Snap AR is about. Is this where beauty testing is going now? Because I remember at the start of the pandemic, everything kind of moved to online try-on and the testers mm-hmm. were gone in all the stores and we were all kind of thinking, oh, I'm never going to use a beauty tester again. That's so gross. <laughs> and now it's kind of back to like, the testers are back out. Where is AR try-on now? Like, is there a, a push toward more AR try-on? Is that where Gen Z is trying on beauty? What are we seeing? Well, I think AR try-on, Gen Z is trying on AR beauty um, products and lenses via Snapchat. You know, I'll be honest with you, I haven't really been out in the stores, so I can't say like testing like the real thing, like the actual testers. I I personally right now wouldn't do it myself just because with everything that's going on in the world, it's just not my thing. But I do think AR try-on on Snap is something that people really, really use. Imagine being able to try on a, you know, a lipstick, share it with your friends, ask them, do you think this color looks good on me? Yes, no. And being able to, one, buy it through that, through that application right there. And then also, like, you, you know, your carbon footprint by purchasing that is kind of null and void. I just feel like that is the way that Gen Z is really looking at purchasing They don't want to kind of create more, you know, chaos in the world. They're all about sustainability. So in that way, trying on, you know, those AR, you know, trying on that lipstick, trying on that eyeliner via AR through Snap is where it's at. But the AR, the testing in the stores, I I can't quote on that because I I will not be doing that. Yeah, tell me about shopping. So how much have you guys developed shopping with these lenses these days? I think it's the same thing. It's it's every day is different. Like what we develop on Monday and how we're executing on Monday is going to be very different than Friday because we're always, Snap is dedicated to making sure that AR just gets better and better and better and better. So I think it's one of those things where if you see where AR try-on was a year ago, it's very different from where, where it is today because just the technology gets better. You know, um, our engineers are finding new ways, finding new, finding new things to make it more realistic. And that is kind of the trajectory that we're going. And what are some examples of brands using shopping with the lenses? Can they check out within the app or does it go to another website? Yeah, they can check out within the app that goes to their website for you to purchase. Not all brands have that, but a lot of the brands that are on Snap do. Yeah. Are there any recent examples of a beauty brand using a shopping link within their campaign? Yeah, of course, we have examples of brands that incorporated beauty lenses and what we call your shoppable lenses on Snap. And so I think I mentioned Mac is one of those, um, Ulta is one of those, and also Nordstrom is also one of those brands and obviously a huge retail store that has really incorporated um that. But with MAC Cosmetics, um, we use the catalog-powered shopping lenses. And I believe we did that last year, and that drove about 1.3 million try-on experiences. Yeah. How did that work? Did people try on the different different makeup products or walk us through how that worked? Well, you go onto their profile, and then you go into, like, you can go onto the different lenses. And through the catalog part and shopping lenses, you can kind of like swipe through. 
you know, do you want ruby red? Do you want another color? And then through there, you just hit um, the uh, purchase to buy and then you can buy straight through there. So what are we seeing with consumer behavior right now with the lenses? Are people doing it as kind of a first stage to try on products or is it converting to sales directly through social these days? What are we seeing with Gen Z? I think with Gen Z, what you're seeing is they're trying it on first. They're trying it on. They want to see how it looks on them and then they're sharing it. But then it does convert because being able to try it on and because how realistic it looks They're like, oh, I do want that. I do want to purchase that. And then they just shop the lens, you know, through that particular product or that brand right there. And the thing is, too, you know, when it comes to AR lenses, you don't have to go into a store. You're doing it from your own home. You're doing it from your couch. You're doing it with your friends. And so it really changes the way that we shop. It changes it to make it kind of like it's being catered to you and it's your personal experience, not opposed to kind of like, you know, going somewhere and creating all this noise like do you like this do you like that no I'm doing it in my own home I'm able to kind of try it on I can share it with my friends and then through there I can just kind of buy it through there because it's personal and it's 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 an easier way to shop especially for the Gen Z audience I also wanted to get your thoughts on how this is shaping Gen Z shopping habits overall do you think that there's a future where Gen Z will be shopping mostly on social media. Obviously, you see the power of influencers and social media on beauty trends. So does that mean it's kind of inevitable that Gen Z will be shopping mostly through social or will they still be going into stores? Like, what do we think is going to happen? I mean, I think when it comes to kind of like the the future of, you know, shopping with Gen Z, Again, Gen Z loves exploring with beauty and they love exploring beauty with their friends and the public and their community. So has it changed the habit? 110%. It definitely has changed the habit, not just with how they're shopping, but with how people are looking at like the creators to shop for those items. So, you know, like the community, like I said before, they're getting all their news through social media. And instead of like the traditional campaigns that you see out on the street and people kind of like looking at those to help, you know, help them make a decision if they're going to buy it or not. Instead, Gen Z kind of gets that through their community and their friend group. They get that through seeing people that they trust, people that they feel they're, people that they feel are authentic. They get that through them. And so it has changed the way that we've shopped. It's changed the way that we, we we socially talk to each other about what we're doing, how we're shopping in our habits. So again, yeah, it is changing a lot. Gen Z is, this is a generation that has really kind of cultivated, I want to shop on my terms. I don't want people to tell me how I'm supposed to shop. And tell me about AI. So you have the first AI chat bot in a social platform where can beauty use AI on social these days? Like, what are you seeing with Snapchat? So my AI is an exciting new product for Snapchat and our community is already loving it. You know, over 10 billion messages have been sent to my AI, making it one of the largest consumer chatbots available today. But it's all about how Snapchatters are using my AI. And what we're seeing is they're using it to foster creativity and connections with friends. 
um, get real-world recommendations, and even learn more about their interests. When it comes to my AI and beauty, we've seen over 12 million conversations or recommendations for everything from skincare, makeup, nails, fragrance, sunscreen, and more, and 11 million on hair care alone. So the engagement is there. That being said, we are still experimenting new ways with my AI and how it can surface the right information at the right time. That includes, you know, early testing of sponsored links and, you know, those links connect our community with the partner on relevant, that are relevant to specific conversations and topics. So, you know, we're helping partners reach Snapchatters who have expressed interest in what they offer. And again, it's still early stages, but, and still in the experimental stages, but we're super excited about the potential and what's to come. So you guys have advertising already? Yeah, we have ads in my AI for brands, okay. yes. Is that, how does that show up? Is that the, the AI will give a recommendation of a brand? It's served on specific topics by the user. So it's, it's curated to the user at that point. So if the user says a certain keyword, then the ad will pop up. And then is that like a text ad or a visual ad? Well, it depends on what the user's talking about. And so that's how it'll show up within the My AI. Yeah, it's so interesting. What kind of conversations are you having at Snapchat on the brand and about how AI can be used? Like, what, what are the topics that you guys are talking about? I mean, I think, you know, the company as a whole is is talking about AI. I feel like the world is talking about AI um, in general. I think for me, when it comes to AI, I am more, because I know how beauty works and I know how people want to consume beauty, it's more about the AR realm as opposed to the AI. Um, but, you know, you can use AI to be creative. You can use AI to do a lot of different things in that way. But for me, it's, it's, it's mostly right now geared to augmented reality. But AI obviously is the hot button topic. Everyone is talking about it. And as we grow and as we're using it and as we explore it, we'll definitely have, have, more, have more to say on, on, on AI and beauty. Yeah, everyone's so curious to see kind of what the future is with um, all these things, especially in the beauty space. What so so you've kind of talked about all these different features on Snapchat in terms of like ROI. Where can brands get the most ROI in terms of beauty advertising or lenses or campaigns or influencer promotions? Where are they seeing the return on Snapchat? So, you know, like when it comes to kind of like the ROI, um, going back to kind of like my editorial days, it's all about brands being creative and conjuring up different ways to storytell. And so I think brands are excited about using AR to amplify their tent poles, their launches, and they love how it enhances what they are making. And so I think they'll definitely continue to invest um, because it allows shoppers to it allows shoppers to virtually try things on before buying them. And that gives, and I think, you know, as a shopper myself, that gives you kind of like this, this aha moment, like, okay, I'm not rushed into doing something. And so if I'm not rushed and I believe in it, I'm more likely to interact with it. And I'm more likely to buy with it. So I think brands understand and know that. And so they also know that, you know, people don't want noise, 
you know, especially when it comes to retail, you know, and the awesome thing is that, you know, when it comes to, you know, AR and how brands are using AR to kind of get the best ROI, it's in the comfort of, of your home. It's doing something where you feel comfortable and you don't feel rushed. Um, and again, seeing yourself in the product before actually purchasing the product in your own space is such a game changer. And I think, you know, brands are using Snapchat to, to meet the consumer where they are as opposed to creating as opposed to creating a world where they think that the consumer should be. So to wrap up, what can we see next from beauty on Snapchat? How advanced are the filters going to be? What's next for shopping? What can you tell us? Oh, man, what's next? I mean, there's so much that's next and there's so much that we're working on. Um, Obviously, for me, I'm always kind of concentrated in what are the trends that are happening out there? Like, what are the trends that not only our creators are doing, the community is doing, because that then helps me when we're talking about lenses and creating lenses and, you know, working in in AR, like what we can do better and how we can better serve our brands and our community. So what's next for the future? There's so much more. Um, I'm not telling any secrets, but uh, I can definitely tell you everything will be more advanced. There'll definitely be more advanced try-ons, whether it comes, whether it's beauty or fashion, it's definitely going to be more advanced as, as the technology advances. Well, we will keep posted on that. But Rajni, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, super excited about this. Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. See you next week.